And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, well, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Beauty in the broken. Christmas is one of the most wonderful times of the year. We have the music, we have the parties, we have the gifts, we have the worship celebrations like this. One of my best memories ever of Christmas was Christmas 1992. I'm 11 years old, I'm in grade six, and me and my twin sisters hanging out with mom and dad around the Christmas tree, opening all our gifts, and I don't even remotely remember what my parents got me that year. But I do remember my dad saying, oh, that's not all. And he went under the stairs where we had a little bit of room where all the games were kept, and he brought out a box that was about this big and all wrapped up. 
and my eyes got as wide as saucers, and I thought, could it be? Could this be the presence I've been asking for for three years? And I rip it open, hold it above my head, the 8-bit Nintendo Entertainment System, complete with Mario and Duck Hunt and that little zapper, best Christmas ever. But it's not always great. One Christmas when my um, sisters and I were even younger than that, we had a competition to see who could get the worst case of chicken pox. And me being a fairly competitive guy, won hands down. It's the only time I remember a doctor actually coming to our house. And I was kind of listening to him talk to my mom. My head was around the corner. And, uh, and I heard the doctor say, this is the worst case I've ever seen. And I thought to myself, yes, win again. My uh, grandparents uh, have a farm about 30 minutes east of the city, and it's about 1970. And my grandpa brings out a present for my grandma, and my grandma looks at him and says, John, this better not be a trash can. And she opens it up, and it's a trash can, and my grandpa says, but look, it has a lever for your foot, so you can hold the plate and scrape the food at the same time. It's not always great for some people. This is the hardest time of the year. For our church, there's many people who are new Canadians and perhaps they're here going, I don't have my family and friends around like I used to. Perhaps there's some of you in this room who thought I'd love to buy my family nicer gifts, but with inflation, the way things are going, I simply can't afford it. What does it look like to have beauty in the midst of broken? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. For everyone here and for everyone watching online, thank you for the privilege that Pastor Joel and I have of sharing the good news of the gospel. And God, we pray that our words would fall down so that your words, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would meet each and every one of us where we are at this day, whatever it is that we need to hear. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen. Over the last month, we've been going through the story of Jesus, and we've been looking at the genealogy, and we see that the, there's brokenness even in Jesus' genealogy. There's liars, there's prostitutes, there's murderers. We look at the story of Jesus himself and how he came to be, and you have this mer uh, unwed teenager who's pregnant, and people don't know what to do with that. We have the man she's engaged to, Joseph, wondering if he should divorce her, and an angel comes and says, don't do it. Pastor Joel's going to come up in a few minutes and talk to us about what's taking place in the life of Jesus in those early days. I have the privilege of walking us through the shepherds and the wise men. This is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear, and the angel said to them, Fear not, behold. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now perhaps you hear that and you go, Dave, I don't see the brokenness. 
I don't see what's happening there. When you look at Jesus' genealogy, you have Jacob, one of the patriarchs of Israel, and he deceived his brother. He deceived his dad. He deceived his uncle. We don't see that. You see King David, the greatest king of all of Israel, and yet he stole a man's wife and then murdered that man. We see Jesus' uncle, Zechariah, who him and his wife are beyond childbearing years, and they're crying out to God, give us a child. But you look at these shepherds and you go, where's the brokenness? What's taking place here? If you have the social ladder in front of you, at the top of that social ladder, you'll have the kings and the consultants to kings. Below that, you have the politicians and the rule makers. If you want something done, invite them to your parties because then the rules will get done that will benefit you the most. You have the wealthy business owners and the landowners. They're the ones who drive the economy and can hire many of the people. You have the priests themselves, both the Jewish priests and the priests of Zeus and Hermes and Aphrodite. They are the ones that just keep the things going. But at the very bottom of that social ladder, you have the shepherds. And the priests must be wondering, why would angels show up to lowly shepherds? Why not show up to the high priest who has a platform, maybe much like this one, where he can tell the world, the Messiah has come, Christ the Savior is born, but he doesn't do that. He invites the shepherds to engage with him. The angelic host coming to these shepherds in magnificent glory saying, the Messiah has been born. Christ, the king of the world, the one who is going to save all of humanity is born. And these people are thinking, but who are we of low standard and unimpressionable status? And here we are 2,000 years later and that same thing is true. Who am I as an ordinary man of low social status to tell the people The good news, the Messiah has come. That's story one. Story two is found in Matthew chapter two, verses one to 11. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for this child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them. And it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening the treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now again, you might hear that and say, Dave, I I don't see it. I don't see the brokenness. What's taking place here? Well, Herod is crazy. We'll get to that piece in a moment. These wise men have traveled all the way, likely from Babylon, to come and to worship the king of the Jews. Now, if you look closely at chapter two, um, thank you, Uh, Daniel, Uh, and and the beginning of chapter two, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, and Herod the king is embracing some of these people who are coming all the way from uh, from Babylon. And you don't exactly turn away wise men from Babylon, one of the most powerful nations in the world, and so they have to gather together, but they're coming here to worship not Herod the king, 
but a child who is the king. We read in verse three, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Some Bibles will actually use the word disturbed. One commentator I read said, this is one of the greatest understatements in all of scripture. Herod ruthlessly protected his throne. He had no less than five wives. He killed one because he thought she wanted the throne. He had no less than 14 children. He killed three of them because he thought that they wanted the throne. One commentator from the first century writes, it is better to be Herod's pig than to be his son, for you have a longer chance at life. Near the end of his life, he brought in all the powerful people of Jerusalem, people that the, around the city were well-respected and well-loved and thought highly of, and they thought they were coming to a party and said, he put them in prison, and he said to his guard, on the day that I die, kill them, so at least there will be some weeping in this city. And these wise men come, and they realize there's something better that's taking place. They can see through Herod. They can see he doesn't want to worship the king. He probably wants to kill the king. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up on the platform for a song. And something is taking place here. Perhaps now you can start to see the brokenness that's all coming together. It's not easily seen at once because sometimes we miss the forest for the trees. At the top of the social ladder is kings and consultants to kings. At the bottom of the social ladder, shepherds. In the brokenness of the human social structure, behold, a light has dawned. In the brokenness of Jewish shepherds and Gentile kings and consultants to kings, behold, the light has dawned. In the brokenness of all of humanity, crying out for a savior, behold, the light has dawned. 